Hi, welcome to the next episode of Adam Asks. In our latest episode, before the Christmas break, Leon's handed the reins over to his business partner, Vanessa Jackson. Vanessa is the founder and director of Adam's HR arm, and she caught up with Dan Forth to chat about his rapid rise to HR director. I hope you enjoy. This is the first podcast I've done, and apparently we're calling it Adam Asks, and I'm Vanessa Jackson, welcoming Dan Forth, who is currently HR director at the Pilot Group. So, um, Dan, introduce yourself, and can you tell us about your career to date and how you've risen to such steely heights so quickly? So, as Vanessa said, I'm the current HR director at the Pilot Group. The Pilot Group's a, uh, about five companies together in one. Uh, and it's anything from plotting the built environment for a sustainable future is basically what our, what our business is trying to do. How I've risen up the ranks so quickly, I guess, um, it, it's been a hard work. Uh, I think a lot of HR is a bit like being a doctor. So mm-hmm. you've got to have battle scars and you've got yeah. to have experiences to justify why you are worth a certain position. Uh, and I, I wanted to go into HR from being a bit from being fifteen to sixteen year old. So I because that's quite early, isn't it? Really, to know that you want to do a specific discipline. Yeah. So I was at Morrison Supermarket stacking okay. shelves, and one day the personnel manager, um, the old tool, yeah. uh, asked me to do the payroll, and uh, I was sat in her office, and mm. then I got into like disciplinary experiences, taking notes, and then I just thought. I want, I want to explore this. Mm. So I did my A-level in business, covered HR as a module, and then went to university to study the subject. And like most university, university students, I didn't really take it very seriously for the first two years. Mm. Um, did an industrial placement scheme at Lidl. Mm, but that was challenging. That was really challenging. So you were, it was a fast track programme. So you started off as a duty manager and pretty much ended up as an area manager. And mm. uh, the area that I had was the most highest revenue area of the region for the, for the North West. So I had uh, Cheadle, Winslow, Bumslow, um, Northwich, Middlewich, and I was covering that area um, from an area manager perspective in the end. Mm. So having like been 21, 22 and having a, uh, an area and just maybe 60 members of staff reporting mm. to you was very challenging and it was a sink or swim type of role if I'm honest mm. but nevertheless it was really fun and I got the opportunity to even like put Lidl's first ever employee newsletter together and mm. had some exposure to operational HR and actually the impact on people from quite early on. Uh, then I went back to university and um, got a first class honours in my degree and was all naturally offered the little grad scheme as an area manager. I was just going to say that, did they offer you the yeah, job? naturally it would be the thing to do uh, and uh, I decided that actually I wasn't going to pursue that. I'd mm. rather go, go down the route of HR. So mm. I joined Amy on their grad scheme and then progressed through different levels of HR there. Uh, and I think for me, what, where I was able, what I was able to do in, in Amy in particular was network myself into mm. a specific position mm. and I saw the opportunity in an acquisition they were doing to really put myself in, in, a, in a good position mm. uh, and if you if Martin remains listening to this who's mm. the uh, ex-shared service director there he'll remember me saying I'll come back for a job one day and I think it was about a month mm. and I went back for a job uh, uh, and I and he made me a HR manager when I really didn't really have much HR ex- operational experience at mm. all uh, and that, because it was an acquisition, the, the business growth was so rapid, my growth was also quite rapid. Mm. And the one thing I learned from that was, whilst my growth was rapid, 
I didn't often reflect on my own performance or often reflect on where I wanted to go or yeah. what I was learning. It was yeah. more about just delivering for the business and Amy was very much in my DNA and yeah. it was a great business to be a part of. What's attracted you to Pilot? What was the specific uh, challenge that made you want to make the move from Wienerberger? Pilot just seemed a complete challenge in the sense that yeah. HR doesn't, isn't really there. It exists in its basic form from a transactional perspective, but it doesn't exist from the value-add perspective that I know it to be. Yeah. That's really what the attraction was. Um, and I'm able to join a business that isn't perfect. Yeah. You know, why would I want to go be a HR director in a business that is perfect? I'd rather mm. be somewhere that I know I can have value and make a, make a big difference and say, you know what, I achieved that at the end of the day. My, you know, my team and I got from A yeah. to B and it took, it was this, it was this painful, yeah. but this is where we are now. Um, and if you take my previous experiences at Wienerberger, getting it from where it was back in 2016 yeah. to where it is today has, it was, a, was a hard slog. And you know, me and the HRD, Carol Goodwin, had a big challenge there to do that together as a team. Um, the difference at Pilot Group is it is, it is just me, my first HRD role, yeah. and therefore, uh, hopefully, I've got enough battle scars previously yeah. to, to go ahead and do what I want to do in terms of approaching the, the business and how helping it grow. Yeah. And it has a lot of potential. Um, Wienerberger is limited by the market that it's in because yeah. it's bricks and there's only so much capacity the factories can make. Isn't the pilot group is only limited by the potential it puts on itself. Yeah. And that was also why I took the decision to move. What challenges? Have you faced being so young at a, at a senior position? Um, have you struggled to get buy-in from senior leaders and also the wider team? Do you know something? It's, I think in both businesses, and actually Amy as well, actually yeah. all three businesses that I've been a part of, people um, initially see your name and age or see your face and think, oh God, he's young. Do you mind uh, saying how old you are? Yeah, I'm 30 years old. So young. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel it. I can show you that. Um, You've got a little bit of grey hair as well. Yeah, it's on the sides. So at least I've got I've still got my hair for now. Uh, and I think I have come up against some roadblocks. You know, people thinking, oh, "What does he know? He's young." Yeah. And there's been occasions where, you know, I've I've had to really like hold back and learn. Yeah. Uh, and that's one thing is knowing when to speak and when not to speak, and actually knowing what to take from those experiences. Yeah. Um, and Pete, I have been challenged. So, you know, one of the, the feedback I've got from a new bar management team was, you know, uh, their reservations are first, thinking, how's this young guy going to yeah. be on the board? When, yeah. you know, and the, the whole time said, oh, actually, he knows what he's talking about. He knows yeah. it. He can see the commercial side of the business. And I'm, I'm a very commercial driven HR director in the sense I want to understand the business, the numbers, the profit, what my impact is on that. Yeah. It's my problem. It's not necessarily the business problem, in my opinion. Um, and my team need to understand that to support the growth of the, or, or in the divestment in some tech cases. Um, and, you know, we've divested away from certain businesses recently because yeah. of that. I think one of the other challenges I faced uh, is that initial impression that people think they can get one over on you sometimes. Um, can they? Recruiters try it all the time, Vanessa. Um, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> they, they soon realise that I'm actually quite clued up commercially and uh, making a business decision uh, over an emotional decision sometimes needs to happen. Yeah, no, indeed. Um, slightly different topic, but um, what do you think HR leaders need to focus on as we move into 2020? Obviously, the economy is a big problem at the moment. You've got a lot of issues politically with Brexit. Yeah. You've then obviously got a lot of other political issues with America and China, etc. I think where, what our focus should be on in the next 
in a year or so is continuing that that understanding of how leaving Europe is going to affect us. Yes. In terms of like talent management, diversity, inclusion, how we continue to be seen as uh, one of the one of the biggest economies in the in the in the world. I also think we should do a lot of push on equality and diversity yes, in the I sense agree. of you know making our workplaces more accessible yeah. um, to, to different types of people and promoting that in the right way and not in the sense of just putting people in the right roles because you want to look good it's going yeah. to mean something to your organization it's got to come from the fabric of it, the business really in, hasn't in my it? opinion uh, and i think that's another focus i think also you know talent management though that is going to get difficult mm. uh, and looking at retaining employees through yes. the right retention plan is something we should look at and i think we should look at uh, pensions in more detail yeah uh, i don't think our young generations are investing enough in their futures and i think that's going to be a big problem yeah uh, and you know if you look at a lot of young people now have student loans. Yeah. That is quite a big particular income. There's some problems there from that financial well-being perspective that actually we're not looking too much into as HR professionals. Yeah. And we should be you know, preparing our people for their futures. And therefore, I feel that you would get a return in terms of retention. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. That. Yeah, I like that standpoint. Um, another sort of um, a buzzword at the moment is engagement. We keep on hearing about engagement, employee engagement. Um, a lot of businesses, especially small businesses, really struggle with, you know, an engagement strategy. What advice would you give to HR teams um, that are trying to manage engagement on a budget? Employee engagement, you know, to be fair, I've used Excel Partners actually in, in Wienerberger and I will be using an Excel Partner in the pilot group. Yeah. I think you can do it yourself and you can do that pretty simply on SurveyMonkey if you really, really wanted to. Yes. You've got the right technology and you can relatively cheap if you've got a very small budget but the the actual survey itself is the tool of gathering the data yeah. it's what you do then with the results yeah and i think actually when it comes to your budgeting time that to sit down with your md or ceo and say this is how people really feel yeah uh, irrelevant of the external factors in the marketplace or what's happening there this is how our people feel and what we're going to do to address it and actually addressing the smaller issues means that you're you're seen to be doing something and with the larger issues that can start, that could wait could wait a period of time until you've got a budget to do that or a reward framework or flexible benefits whatever it would be yeah but be honest with people in that process yeah um, i've seen it where you know uh, every survey i've probably done people have said paying benefits isn't great yeah you know if we you know what rather than ignoring that fact and not having that difficult conversation perhaps we should challenge that and say Okay, well, we've, we've done benchmarking. We believe the benefits and the pay is fair. And, and we know, we're sorry to, that you feel that way, but it is fair. Yeah. At least employees know that you've at least reviewed it at the so moment. It's at a... least having that difficult conversation. You might not be able to do anything about it, but you're yeah. acknowledging that... Basically. Yeah, it's yeah. a conversation and that, point. And then people feel better about it. Yeah, that they're being listened to. What's been your quickest win in terms of employee engagement surveys? Um, my quickest win was if you take so at Vinaberg, I dramatically got this survey response rate up, yeah. um, and I created a campaign called "Have Your Say." Yeah. Um, and if you use the word employee engagement, employees don't particularly so know what it switches, people, it off. switches yeah. people off. So you've got to brand it in a way that your business can read it and understand, and that can depend on the type of business that you're in. So I did a, yeah, the campaign "Have Your Say," and I literally remember going around all the factories with donuts and being rid of the face <laughs> of it um, for for weeks. 
Donut Dan. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I had to try and not eat the donuts. It was even, I don't know what was more hard of that or actually talking about engagement constantly. Yeah. Um, and it was, a, it was a great way of getting on the business and then someone taking the face off of it. It's not enough to just send a survey out when you're yeah. doing with people. Yeah. You know, we all know what it's like when you're in your own, in, your own Outlook inbox. Um, imagine what it's like when your business does it. So I wanted to I create a brand around it, create quite structured um, results. And I think the, re- the biggest impact I had on employee engagement was probably then putting that to the board as a business case. Yeah. Certain things, what we should focus on. The follow through is probably where actually there's always been a letdown. Yeah. So it's almost like HR releasing it to the business and then saying it's now your problem. Yeah. Um, so what? So what? Yeah. And then when that momentum goes, the business have got a million other things to do yeah. and decide not to do anything with it. And I think if I was to look back at Beanieburger in particular, one of the, the, the things I should have done um, also with the HRD there was make sure that we were still in control yeah. and we were making sure the business was achieving the engagement plans. Putting it back on the agenda. Yeah. And keep yeah. bringing it back up and actually making it a business problem rather than a HR problem. Yeah, yeah. We've touched on this before, but that, you know, obviously the cost of hiring and onboarding staff is high, um, yet a lot of businesses continue to have high um, employee turnover. When it comes to employee engagement and retention, what, what do you think that businesses are getting wrong and what advice have you got for them? I think there's an element of it in that where we are at the moment, you've got record unemployment, you've got you know, a lot of the, the, the talented roles are hard to recruit. So if you take web developers as yeah. an example, where businesses really let themselves down is taking too long to offer the job, not having the budgeted the role correctly. So they have to go through a hierarchy of approval just yeah. to get signed off for additional spend. And they should actually look at the market before advertising. Yeah. And look at what makes you different. Yeah. So um, the pilot group, I can safely say we have a Phil Potts breakfast pretty much once a month. And it's little things like that, I think, kind of make us a bit different. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, looking at your onboarding process. I'm not going to share all my ideas because yeah. I want to keep them for my own business. Yes, but, of course. But, but things like the onboarding in particular. Actually, that's a really good point you make. You want to keep your ideas to yourself. It's not just having the ideas. It's how you do it and how engaged people become with it. Yes. Yeah. So you know, if you think of uh, the onboarding process, getting them to be a high performer as quick as possible is really important. Yeah. The way we, what I would like my new recruitment team to do to do that is basically looking at the candidate until they're at that point. Yeah. So there's touching points, there's a proper onboarding process, they understand the business before they come. Yeah. We're not, it's not just a contract employment that's gone out with a, you know, on the second class rubber stamp. Yeah. It's something that we've put thought and effort into from yeah. an onboarding perspective. And some of that's not rocket science. You have to look at some of the big players like JLR or that do know, I think they have a car key that goes in for USB pen um, and things like that that make a big difference. Oh, that, wow. I haven't looked at that. I'll look into that. Back to HR careers. What's your biggest piece of advice um, to those looking to progress in their HR careers? I think plan and plan effectively and yeah. plan what experiences you want. Yeah. So, my, my bad, and I, I. It sounds quite psychopathic, actually. I've actually. This planned, is an interesting story, actually. Yeah, I've yeah. actually planned my career, and I said to myself, "I want to be HR director at 30." And I always remember one of my old HRDs saying, "You've got to make it by 35." And I don't know why. I thought, well, if she says 35, I'm definitely doing it by 30. Yeah. And I just maybe I'm too hard on myself, but I planned it all. So I planned in plans that I wanted certain experiences to Amy. I planned what experiences I wanted from Wiener Burger. And then when I felt that I was, 
at a level that I was more of a partner yeah. to the to the HRD at Wiener Burger that I knew that was the time to spread the wings. And don't yeah. get me wrong, I'm learning now. Like I'm yeah. learning quite quickly. I'm le- but I'm actually learning more about business, the business itself, yes, uh, and how how we operate businesses. So from a strategic perspective, as before, I was always looking up, and now I'm looking yeah. down. So it's quite different. Yeah. But I would plan it. Plan what experiences you want. Um, have a good mentor. Make sure you know the industry. You know the trends. That you've got data to back up what you have done. So yeah. when you've done something, you can say it before and after. And actually, don't always go heads in first. Yeah. Take the time to analyze where you are now and plan what the solution looks like. Don't just come up with the solutions all the time. Yeah. Is what my advice would be. Yeah, that sounds really good advice. So those are in senior HR roles at the moment and want to progress to HRD. What skills and experience in in your um, thoughts do you think you need to succeed for those people? What advice would you give? I think you have to have humility. So I think you have to have a fair balance between humility and commercial decision making. Okay. So I think, you know, your... The HR, in my view, is the conscience of the organisation. Yeah. And you have to be able to formulate a very good partnership with your MD and be almost his conscience when he's trying to make, or she is trying to make decisions in how to run their business. Yes. Uh, and for me, that's the advice I would give. And understanding the business and how it, the, the P&L yes. uh, and, the, and the accounts in particular, because then you become credible when people ask questions and you can spot the trends and where, where to look. So, for example... You know, one of our businesses is developing at the moment. We, we're probably going to need a big IT resource. Mm. You know, we, we've talked about in the meetings a lot. So what's HR then going to do about that? Mm. Being proactive in, in the sense of going out there, speaking to people, networking, making sure you've got your recruitment plan set up. You can you can bring people through internally and actually asking the business what they want that to look like. Mm. Um, and not just... I guess putting the HR agenda in. You know, you mentioned mm. engagement as a buzzword. Mm. It is a buzzword. It, it's not right for HR to pursue buzzwords all the time. It should be adding value to the yeah. business for what the business needs, and every business is different. Yeah. So what when you look at, um, you know, if you look at you know, the previous business I've been in, they're very different to where the partner group is, in very different stages of a life cycle. Mm. For that reason, they require different approaches. Mm. You know, if you're in a divestment period, then obviously the approach is very different to what you're in a growth period, or if you're in a period of instability of where, where the future is you need to be prepared for that and employees need to know they've got a function that's supporting them at that particular period that particular problem yeah no that's a really good piece this is completely unrelated but um organization is really key to getting a good job done what's your favorite piece of tech to organize yourself trello trello yeah <laughs> trello is great for organizing yourself um there's actually a uh, I've, you know, I've actually just fallen in love with my iPad. I've always used pen and pen, the, the little black book. Yeah. Most HR professionals probably have a little black book. I've actually fallen in love with my iPad recently and I use that for all my notes. There's an app called GoodNote. GoodNote. And, and are you can, using a stylus? Yeah. And yeah. I've I been quite enjoying that. Although my writing looks terrible <laughs> with it, more can so it de- than a biro. Can um, it decipher it? It can decipher it. But it just doesn't look right. So yeah. it, getting used to it has been a challenge. But I, I'm in love with it at the moment. And I use my that, that quite a lot. And I've been um, using it to do reminders, etc. That's how I organise myself. Fantastic. As someone who's progressed so, so quickly and you've got to HRD, you're going to do a good job here, obviously. But what's next in your career? I think next in my career, and I, I think we've had a conversation about this, Vanessa, actually. I always thought I'd, I'd get to HRD and then what 
what would it be next? And that could be a HR director in a much larger business. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to think that. But also, I actually think, I, I think I'd like to make a step one day to an MD level yeah. role in the sense that um, depending on what that business is wanting to do. So if it's wanting a big people focus and it's wanting to look at processes and how it operates, I would be up for transitioning at some yeah. point in the future. I'd have to learn a lot. Yes. There's no doubt I'm not definitely not ready for that. And it's probably going to be a 10-year plan to get to that level where I'm more competent of commercially yes. uh, and understanding my marketing strategies more, product management, um, and, uh, the finance side of a business, um, you know, manage internal budgets, but actually seeing in the PL and the CapEx, OpEx, etc., mm. is something that I'm going to have to learn. Mm. Once I've done that, I could be very well rounded to be mm. a good MD. Mm. But I have yet to career plan that out the same way I career planned my HR career. Another buzzword, well-being. Um, well-being is a real current focus, isn't it? How do you personally switch off from a high-pressured role? Um, the gym. Gym's quite helpful. I find that quite helpful. Uh, I also quite like driving. It's weird, isn't it? I can drive fine. Just... And that's your way of switching yeah, off? Yeah, it's weird. So the one thing I do miss at the moment, I've not got a long commute. But when I had a long commute, I used to actually like that, that hour yeah. or two hours in some cases. Just thinking and actually putting my life into perspective, all my actions into boxes in my head. So I quite, I, I, that helps me turn off. I also think having a, a, fle- a flexible work life is actually really important in today's yeah. society. Um, and I think one thing that we should be all aware, the more senior you get, that if you do it for yourself, you've got to do it for the people as well. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Um, it can't just be a senior perk, in my opinion. Um, so I'm quite a flexible person from that perspective and that that's pretty much how I switch off. Sometimes I struggle to switch off. I must admit there's been a few sleepless nights, yeah. but there's a, that, but genuinely the gym or the car tends yeah. to be my uh, um, thing. Actually, I think the car was always my uh, kind of go to sleep piece when I was a child, actually. I think to parents, calm you down. Yeah, get parents d- used to drive around <laughs> <laughs> just to make me shut up in the car. So it's a calming method yeah, With my twin you. brother, so I think with one cried, with the one that she cried. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much, Dan. Thank you for uh, coming in and chatting to us. Thank you. We're taking a break for Christmas and New Year, but we'll be back with a truly inspiring start for January. Released on Tuesday the 14th, Leon catches up with actor James Murray. When not on set, James can be found working with the Murray Parish Trust, founded with his wife, Sarah, to support paediatric emergency medicine. We hope you can join us then. Merry Christmas.